The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, everybody. Great to have you in the business locker room. This is Biz Locker Radio. We are operating at the intersection of sports and business. Of course, that means business is like sports. There's winners and there's losers and all of the other analogies that go along with it. It's the business radio show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use today. I guarantee you we have, we have a who's who of experts on the show, and uh, today is no exception. Really excited. This is show number 60, by the way, and we're going to welcome in Matt Hines just a little bit later to talk about modern marketing. But if you're looking to improve your business performance, if you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, lead a company, doesn't matter. This is definitely the show for you. Experts in sales, marketing, social media, business strategy, leadership, of course, and much, much more. It is Biz Locker Radio. You can find us online, by the way, bizlockerradio.com, and I am your host. I'm Kelly Riggs. Thanks for joining us. Matt, or excuse me, Miles Austin, rather, will be along a little bit later with the X's and O's segment, as we always do. Kind of excited today. Uh, uh, Sometimes the best tools seem to be some of the simplest, and the tool today is one I think you're going to really, really like. It's called Full Contact Card Reader. And I've been checking it out. I think you're going to like it. But uh, Miles, as always, will bring us something that's guaranteed to impact your productivity in one way or another. We'll be excited to have him. Hey, by the way, you want to do what I do. These shows are so good. And I, I say that humbly because it's not about me. It's about the people on the show. We get such fantastic guests and so many people contribute to that. I'm always grateful. Like our guest today is actually a referral, a reference uh, from Mr. Austin They both live in Seattle. Matt Hines lives in Seattle as well. But we get such fantastic guests, and the shows are so good. You're going to want to download the shows as a podcast. You can do that on our website, or you can do it on iTunes. Do like I do. Listen to the shows in the car. I just put it on my iPhone, connect with Bluetooth, and listen to it just like it's a radio show. So many things that we get out of this, and uh, you're going to get a lot out of today as well. Great stuff straight ahead. By the way, next week going to want to stay tuned. If you're in sales, today's show is going to be super. If you're really interested, serious about selling, you're going to want to stick around for next week as well. Jeb Blunt will join me. He is uh, of Sales Gravy. And if you've been in sales very long, if you've been online, you've heard of Jeb. I'm just excited to have him on the show. Back-to-back world-class shows. 
Although I got to give him a little bit of uh, grief because Matt has many more Twitter followers <laughs> than Jeb. Oh, man, their numbers are just absolutely crazy. Hey, today's show is called Modern Marketing. As I mentioned, it is show number 60. Matt Hines is a guy that if you don't know, you need to. He's a repeat winner of the top 50 most influential people in sales lead management and the top 50 in sales and marketing influencers. The guy's a dynamic speaker and he is the owner, the founder, the president of Heinz Marketing. He's a very uh, prolific author as well. He's written a number of books, five books, including The Modern Modern Marketing Field Guide and success, Successful Social Selling. Hey, Matt, great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for joining us. Wow, my goodness. It's, uh, that was a great intro. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it is a pleasure to have you. You, you know, your reputation precedes you, and of course, some of that comes from uh, my friend Miles Austin, but... Clearly, if you've been on the internet and if you've spent any time at all in sales and marketing, your name is one of those that has been around a while. Tell us a little bit about Heinz Marketing and its background. Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I've been doing sales and marketing work for a long time, and mostly just doing it in house at a bunch of companies. And you know, about seven years ago, I just kind of decided I wanted to do it on my own, and so the business really started just with me and a laptop and a bus pass, and literally those. That's that was it, right? It was just me doing what I like to do, and kind of the business kind of grew organically, started getting a few more referrals and word of mouth and um, doing a lot more of what we do and just kind of grew from there. So, um, you know, I, I, I tell people sometimes, you know, what we have today is kind of a giant mistake. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't intended to have a business, wasn't intended necessarily to go out on my own, but, you know, things I think happen for a reason and I'm super excited to, to, to be where we are. Well, Matt Hines is our guest, as I mentioned, HeinzMarketing.com, H-E-I-N-Z, HeinzMarketing.com. Find him on Twitter, at Heinz Marketing. You know, we had Joe Polizzi of Content Marketing Institute on several weeks ago, and he, he tells a similar story. I mean, he says, you know, it just got going, and it, it took a while. It seems like, Matt, it's, it's really about staying power in, in the business that you're in. You have to build that reputation. You have to get noticed online. There's a lot of things that, that you really have to go through to get to where you are today. Is, is that a pretty fair assessment? I mean, does it does it take some heavy lifting to get there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I think you know what's you know, I've been this is this has been the greatest sales job I think I've you know ever had to do just because just you know not only to keep us going to keep us growing to to get to where we want to go. I think you know no matter what kind of business you're running, whether you are in sales and you know if you're in sales, make no mistake, you're running your own little business. Um, you know, whether you are entrepreneur with one employee, 10 employees, 10,000 employees, it's grind. You know, there's a, there's a level of tenacity and stubbornness that I think you have to have, um, to get through the day and to get through the week and, you know, to, to keep the kind of perspective where, you know, just, you know, by, by definition, things are going to go wrong. Things aren't always going to go the way you want. You know, deals aren't going to just fall on your lap, uh, you know, every day you have to go and work hard. You have to grind on a regular basis. That's just the nature of the beast. But I think for people that understand that and people that appreciate that, that put on their hard hat every day and go to work and, you know, enjoy what they do and look, look at it for what it is, um, it's, it's a rush, man. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I'm unemployable. I, I have to continue to do this because it's just so much fun to do what we do, have the impact we have for our clients, and it's, just, it's, it's a blast. He's uh, Matt Hines, uh, the president and founder of Hines Marketing. Hey, you've written five books and I th- is the most recent one Modern Marketing Field Guide in 2013? Was that the most recent book you've written? Yep. Yes. Tell tell me about that book. What, how how did you generate that? What what led you to? I mean, obviously you're in the marketing field, but why why did you feel compelled to write that book? 
Well, you know, we it's it's easy sometimes. You know, if you're if you're in you know marketing, you go to marketing conferences, you see a bunch of people that are on stage and talking about these you know advanced marketing programs they're running. Those companies are the vast minority of cases out there. The majority of companies, the majority of people, majority of marketers are still trying to figure this stuff out. They're trying to figure out how do I go from an interruptive media-driven marketing world to you know to an interactive sort of really content and technology-driven marketing world. And I find that it's we live in a world now that is more complex, but is easier to to stand out if you are authentic, uh, if you customize the message to the people that you're talking to, if you understand what makes the buyer tick. I mean, sometimes if sometimes I'll get the question, "How do you summarize, you know, sales and marketing in one statement?" And I say, "It's easy. It's just sell the hole, not the drill." Um, and so I think what we did with Modern Marketing, the Modern Marketers Field Guide, is try to bring some very specific best practices across all of marketing, you know, awareness, demand generation, lead management, sales enablement, all the way through to supporting the sales team, and sort of break it down to best practices that are ex- accessible and easy to replicate for marketers of all levels and skill sets. Well, you know, it's interesting, Matt, because marketers, generally speaking, I don't want to put them all in one bucket. Clearly, that wouldn't be fair. But typically, marketing and sales don't always play nice. And, and you, you seem to be a guy that really sees the intersection between the two. There's something on your website that says this, quote, we are sales pipeline strategy people at heart. That, that doesn't sound like a marketer. Where, where's the transition for you and how did you get there? Yeah, I mean, that's funny when people ask, you know, what's, what's Heinz Marketing? I say, you know, we are sales pipeline people which confuses people if I just stop there because we're not sales consultants. We, we're marketers. But I just think, you know, if, if what marketers do, if they're doing it well, doesn't mean bupkis unless it converts into revenue. One of our directors says on a regular basis, if you can't buy our beer with it, it's not, it's not worth, it's not worth what, you know, it's not worth <laughs> it. So I believe strongly that marketers, you know, need to at minimum be responsible for sales pipeline contribution. I think the best number for marketers to be responsible for is not tweets, it's not web traffic, it's not even leads. It's sales qualified leads. It's how many of the leads you're generating, how much of the work you're doing is converting into sales opportunities and closed business. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I believe that fundamentally, and I also think that that's just the reality of the world we live in. Um, you know, gone are the days when marketers could sort of, you know, show the impact of their brand awareness and say, well, I did my job, sales has to pick it up from here. The best companies in the world and the best companies we see have a highly integrated sales and marketing approach that brings those two, those two, those two organizations together. And I will say, you know, as a career marketer, that the reason fundament, the reason historically sales and marketing hasn't worked well together, it's marketing's fault. Marketing at the end of the day doesn't live up to that revenue responsibility. I had someone tell me once, you know, once marketing feels the terror of the end of the quarter, once they can't sleep at night the last week of the quarter hoping that those deals come through and working and grinding for those deals to come through, then we finally have gotten somewhere, right? Marketing has to be that aligned with sales, and it's starting to happen in some organizations. It's pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, it is exciting to watch. Well, for the record, everyone, Matt said that. I did not, okay? <laughs> I'm the sales guy. He's the marketing guy. He's the one that claimed marketing guys were hard to get along with. I, I did not say that. You know, I, I tend to agree with you, though. I, I mean, and I think, I don't think there's any, uh, any hidden agenda there. I just think that marketing people bring something different to the table and we tend to get locked into our own silos. You know, the, the recent advent of all the digital technology and, and the social media and all of that is, 
it seems to me that salespeople now are trying to sort of make the leap over to your side of the fence and say, hey, we really kind of dig all that marketing stuff. In fact, so much so, we want to automate all this stuff and call it, quote, social selling. To me, that terminology doesn't make a lot of sense. How, how do you feel about that? You know, I'll, I'll feel much better about social selling once we just start calling it selling. We don't have marketers that say, oh, you know, I'm email marketing. No, it's not, well, we're doing email marketing now. We found this great new system, and it's going to replace everything, and that's all we've got to use now. No, look, I mean, there's, I, I, I have benefited greatly from social media and its ability to, to drive awareness, to keep prospects engaged. Um, it's been an incredible sales and marketing tool for me and for a lot of our clients. But in and of itself, it's not gonna. It's not enough, right? I think you know the, the the channels we have. If you focus on the channels that are right for your customers, you know it is a part of an integrated, multi-channel, very complicated sequence of communication that's going to build awareness, build trust, and ultimately get some of those deals across the line. So, I'm excited about the impact social is having and will continue to have. Um, but you have to put that in context. Yeah, this is Biz Locker Radio. Matt Hines is my guest of Heinz Marketing, I think, you know, you really said the key words for me is that social is for driving awareness and engaging prospects. And in that sense, it's invaluable. And clearly the landscape has changed dramatically. But at some point in time, you have to get face to face or phone to phone, as it were, if you're an inside salesperson. But you've got to get face to face with people and you have to persuade them to use your product or service rather than someone else's. And that, that's a whole different set of skills, isn't it, Matt? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I... You know, I think you're right. I mean, I, you know, I, look, I, I, I'm very, um, I'm, uh, I, I feel good that, you know, we live in a world that I've been able to use content and, and a blogging to drive traffic for us. I love that social selling and social media tools make it easier for me to sort of do some of that at scale. But the number one most important piece of technology that I have that I use on a daily basis is the telephone. My ability to sort of still have live interactive conversations with people is still fundamentally important. And, you know, I think, you know, while there are tools and systems that can scale our impact well beyond where we can be at any moment in time, whether it's in person or over the phone, nothing replaces the impact of having that conversation. Nothing replaces the control you have to accelerate relationships and conversations forward, like picking up the phone or seeing someone in person. So again, like it's, I mean, the key here is there, there is no one size fits all. There's no silver bullet. You know, you have to sort of, it's the, the, the way the sausage gets made from a sales and marketing standpoint will never be as pretty as, well, here's the channel that's going to do it all for us forevermore. It's just not going to happen. Well, clearly you're doing something right. Over 65,000 followers of Heinz Marketing on Twitter. So you're getting your message out in a big way. Content marketing, big piece of that. You really have to bring value, Matt, to to your customers. If I'm brand new, brand new small business, or perhaps a brand new salesperson, how do you get, now that the the, the market is seemingly matured quite a bit and, and the digital tools are so many, how do, you, how do you get a new person started? How do you get a new company started? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, you've got to step out of your own world and sort of put yourself in the, in the shoes of the customer. And I know that may sound cliche, but so many companies, you know, will start a content program and just talk about themselves. They'll regurgitate press releases. They'll get all excited about, you know, internal hires. And that's not what your customer cares about. 
you know, I, I find that if you can if you can narrow in on the topics and the pain points and the needs that your customers have, find the broader conversations and pieces of content that they want, and start writing about that, and start identifying content out in the outside world that reflects that. I mean, your biggest opportunity to accelerate your impact through content right away is to be a curator. And what I mean by that is to basically be the you know be the editor of all the great content out there that your customers should be reading, and identify a handful of that content that's the best of the best, and put it in front of people. It can be in a new newsletter, it can be in a social account or wherever, but you start to develop a reputation for delivering value. Sometimes, you know, I think of social media, I think of that content marketing as, you know, driving by someone's house at 35 miles an hour and trying to throw something into the mailbox. You know, you're going to miss most of the time, but after a while, your prospect's going to start to recognize your car, you know, and (laughs) once they go and check their mailbox, they're like, wow, that was interesting. The next time they see your car go by, they're like, Oh, I should probably check my mailbox. Usually, when that car goes by, there's something interesting there, right? Like, this sure. is this is how you start to develop trust and credibility with your prospects, such that they want to hear from you, and then you've got an engaged prospect that you can move the deal forward. You know, Miles and I have had this conversation a number of times, and I've talked to a number of guests about it. It just seems like it's it's almost overwhelming. There's so much to do, and yet uh, the things you're talking about, I know from looking at your website and your blog, you're doing exactly that. I mean, you 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 have a uh, tool of the week, and you've got uh, the best blog posts of the week, and things like that. So I know that if people want to go and not have to be on a dozen different websites, and they just want to get some of the best of the best from your perspective, they can go straight there. I mean, that that's fantastic value for a potential customer. Well, there's, you know, to, to a certain extent, well, so first of all, you know, I'm not just the president of the hair club for men, I'm also a client. So, you know, I have to do a lot of this work for ourselves and we think of our business sort of as a laboratory for what may or may not work out there. But, you know, what's exciting about what we've built there from a content standpoint is we are earning attention. Now, that didn't happen overnight. You know, we started, I started publishing a newsletter shoot eight, nine years ago, and the initial list was just some good friends in my family, and I said, you guys can never unsubscribe, right? I'm watching you. You're the... (laughs) And so now, you know, we've got 65,000 on Twitter, we've got about 40,000 on our newsletter list, and it's, it's just taken seven, eight years to build, and it's a daily discipline of providing value, finding content other people would like, writing things that can help our customers and prospects and partners do well. You know, one of the outputs that I'm really proud of out of this is we get more referrals from our prospects than we do from our customers. We wow. get more referrals from people that say, you know, I haven't had the chance to do business with Heinz Marketing yet, but you should check out their content. These guys seem to know what they're doing. You should talk to them. And I'm so proud of that and the content that our team continues to put out there because it's indicative of how well that can work exponentially well beyond the business you already have. Well, (laughs) I got to tell you, man, I find it very interesting. I think that was a Freudian slip when you talk about the hair club for men, because you're one of the few guys I know has less hair than I do. And uh, that, that's, that's saying something right there. Matt Hines is our guest here. You can find him online, by the way. I encourage you to do so. HinesMarketing.com. Of course, follow him on Twitter, as so many people do, at Heinz Marketing. You're definitely going to get the value that you're looking for there. Hey, before we go to our first break, just, just a couple of seconds, we're going to take our first time out, Matt. Hey, what are some of the tools that you use on an everyday basis? You, you, you talked about the telephone as that one critical piece, but give us some insight into your day-to-day. Give me a couple of tools that really make a difference in your daily productivity. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, like the, the, the most important tool I have is sort of my productivity system. I mean, I'm a very disciplined user of David Allen's Getting Things Done system. You know, I've got task lists that sort of keep me focused. Every morning, I literally have a checklist of the things I want to do every day. It's everything from touching base with, 
you know, people whose birthday it is to, you know, sending out some thank you notes based on things that happened yesterday. So, you know, it's not really a tech tool as much as it is just sort of a disciplined, repeatable process that I have documented um, that makes it fast and easy and consistent for me to execute on that. Uh, I would say within that, I mean, certainly, you know, Salesforce.com is critical. I'm in there all day. Uh, LinkedIn I'm using all day long. Um, there's a variety of tools that help me stay engaged contactually, um, is sort of my safety net of ensuring that I'm keeping in touch with people and the cadence that I want to. Um, and then, and then, you know, just, you know, a combination of Buffer and Hootsuite for sort of managing the engagements I have with people across social media as well. So I could go on and on, but those are a handful that I probably use the most often. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Great to see what you're doing on a daily basis. That's real insight for people that listen because there is so much to choose from. Well, we're going to take our first time out. We're going to come back and, and talk more with Matt. When we come back on the other side, I'm going to ask him a little bit about his process, his marketing process, the one that they use with the businesses that they work with. You're going to want to stay with us. There's some good stuff coming. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is BizLocker Radio. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. Hey, welcome back. Biz Locker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. You can find us at bizlockerradio.com and follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs. I, my, my goal in life is to get somewhere in the same zip code as uh, Matt Hines, who has 65,000 Twitter followers, uh, rabid Twitter followers, I might say. Uh, Matt Hines, our guest. Find him at uh, hinesmarketing.com. Before we went to the break, Matt, we were, we were talking about some of the tools that you use, and there's just so much to select from. So it's really good to, to see that 
you've got a system. But you know, you said you said to me the really important thing is that you've got a disciplined, repeatable process that you use. How, how long have you been using it, and where did it develop? Uh, yes, great question. I mean, I've always been kind of a list guy. I've always really worked hard to try to find some organizational system. I will say that, you know, I I uh, I, I accidentally ended up in a full day uh, workshop, you know, run by David Allen himself of getting things done, fam. And his system really spoke to me. And so I I try to read that book at least once every couple years. And you know, I've got a system that is mostly based on his on his his process and incorporate some other things. But and it's constantly evolving. I mentioned that sort of that checklist of things that I. That I, that I need to get done every day. That checklist is evolving. Things come, things go. There's things that I realize are repeatable, and 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 uh, and are some some things can be automated. Some things I can hand off to my assistant. Um, but I think what's important to me is the consistency of doing those things on a daily basis. I mean, I attribute it to you know why we have the business we do, why we have the followers we do is just putting my hard hat on every day and just doing the hard work. Um, and then just you know by having that process in place, it also ensures that I can get that done quickly. I can put my blinders on, turn my email offline, and just focus on getting that checklist done instead of taking four or five hours of meandering through. I can often get it done in 20, 25 minutes. Uh, yeah, it's, so it, it's really important for me to have that. It is amazing what you can do when you know exactly what you're trying to do. And I think so many people fail in that regard. By the way, if you're listening, David Allen, his book is Getting Things Done. It has been out a while. He's a guy that I definitely want to have on the show. Uh, but his process methodology for for creating that process you hear Matt talking about is absolutely phenomenal. One that I recommend heartily. Well, you have a process that you use at Heinz Marketing. When you go into a business, you've got a six-step process. And, and again, I go back to the quote, you say, we are sales pipeline strategy people at heart. You go on to say, we know that what really matters is sales pipeline, closing business, and excelling, accelerating revenue, period. Boy, I couldn't agree with you more. Take us through that process. How does it work, Matt? Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I'd say first of all, you know, if you go to our website, you know, we've got this typical what we do and who we are. And I, w- I guess I would start answering that by the who we are. Because I think our value system is so important to us. You know, we evaluate partners and customers based on this as well. And, you know, we are really, really, um, you know, we're really picky in terms of who we hire here. So, you know, we're looking for people that are results-driven, that are generous, that are curious, that are creative, that are proactive and respectful. And, and we spend a lot of time thinking about who we want to hire based on that. And, you know, who we are really drives a lot of the res- of what we do. Um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, what we do is we're sales pipeline people. We're doing demand generation, lead management, sales enablement. Uh, we get pretty deeply involved in marketing technology and content. And I think to your point about sort of the process, you know, we do have a very disciplined methodology of how we execute. You know, it's important for us to start with what are our numbers? What does success look like? For me, a marketing, pro- marketing plan starts with a spreadsheet. What number do we need to hit? What kind of pipeline do we need to get there? What kind of leads do we need to get there? How are we going to measure success? And then you define that and translate that through an understanding of the customer, right? Who are we selling to? What's the hold to their drill, right? You know, what are they looking to achieve? What are the stages they're going to go through? And how do we take the metrics we need to achieve combined with our understanding of the customer to develop a program that can engage them and create a win-win. And what, and what I like about the way we do that is that program isn't purely marketing. You know, we, I literally was on a phone call this morning with a client where I was, it's weird, I was advocating against spending more money on marketing because we all realized that what we really needed was a named-account approach. Now, marketing can support that with lists and messages and other tools and systems, but what we really needed to, to, hit, the, to hit their number with their customer 
wasn't necessarily more marketing. It was a more disciplined outbound approach. And so I think because we're looking at the number, because we're looking at sales as the ultimate measure of our success, it allows us to be more flexible in what we recommend to most efficiently help our our clients hit their number. Well, I mean, ultimately, to your point, I think, is that you can have all the greatest tools in the world, the best message, the best branding and identity, but at some point in time, there can be a breakdown in transition if, you're, if your sales process or your salesperson is ineffective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and, and this, is, this is where I think sales enablement comes in really importantly here. I mean, you can generate the best leads in the world, but if your sales team doesn't know what to do with them, if they have the wrong conversation, right. you, know, I mean, you know, fundamentally, someone that downloads a white paper doesn't, just because they download the library doesn't mean they're ready to buy, but they may still be a good lead. And you don't call them up and say, well, thanks for downloading the white paper. Would you like to see a demo? But what about that white paper was interesting to you? What about that topic reflects something that's going on in your business right now? And so if, you're, if the topics you're addressing in your content and in your marketing are tied to pain points and needs, urgent needs for the customer, then you can have that needs assessment conversation at the sales level to identify whether someone's ready to move forward or not, not based on whether they want your software or whether they want your product or service, but based on whether they have a problem you can solve, based on whether they have a need that you can address. And addressing that need and that problem, that's the sale. How you do it becomes part of the close. And I think if that, that progression is something that is, that is the responsibility of marketing and sales working together. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and it's, it's so interesting as I listen to you talk about sales enablement and, and the various pieces and parts here. I look at your process and you, get, you begin with a healthy dose of assessment and planning. And in my world, I think many salespeople, that's exactly where they go wrong. They get a lead and they want to jump immediately to presentation without having assessed that need or found out exactly what that client's looking for. Or even more importantly, from my perspective, Matt, many times they don't know what's driving that purchase from a personal agenda. I mean, the People want to buy a product or service, but a lot of times they have different reasons for buying that product or service. Yeah. Well, and I think understanding that is so important. And and what's 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 great is you know you can profile your customers to the point where you can uh, you can have an expectation of what they're going to say. You have to have an expectation of when they exhibit certain signals, certain trigger events that indicates to you that they have a need, even when they may not know they have a need. Right. I mean, your ability as a salesperson to help someone understand and quantify the cost of a problem that they may or may not have known that they have is significant. And that's clearly part of the sale, but that requires that upfront understanding of the customer and planning. You know, every once in a while we'll get, a, you know, we'll get someone that comes to us and says, okay, we wait up with marketing. We want to start slinging emails next week. How do we get started? Like, well, if you just want to start sending emails, like there's no way that that quickly you're going to have something that's thoughtful, something that actually breaks through the clutter, something that gets your prospect's attention, something that between marketing and sales actually provides value. Sometimes when we're working with sales teams, I say, listen, here's what I want. The very first conversation we have with a prospect, at the end of that conversation, I want them to hang up and tell themselves, wow, that was great. I would have paid for that. How do you create the bar for yourself, either within marketing or within sales or ideally both? so that your interactions with prospects they would pay for based on the insights you gave them or based on the understanding of a problem that you helped them unlock. That is super powerful stuff that can hugely differentiate you from everyone else out there selling. Well, here, here's where I get to play devil's advocate. I'm really interested to hear your commentary on this. I think it'll be valuable to the people listening. I can hear people saying, yeah, but if they said they were willing to pay for it, why are you giving it away free on the front side? How do you deal with that? 
Oh, man, I love that question. So I get that every once in a while for people to look at our blog and look at our books. I mean, like, I don't sell books. Those are giveaways. You know, we have written over 2,500 blog posts now. So I'm giving away. I mean, I'm a consultant fundamentally, right? So, like, I'm selling ideas. I'm selling thoughts. So, like, I'm giving that away. I think that's how you build trust and credibility. I think that's how you convince someone that you know what you're talking about. If I want to charge you for a half hour of conversation when you never talked to me before, then A, that implies that I'm going to nickel and dime you, and B, it implies that I need to get paid for what I have right now because there might not be that much behind it. <laughs> I think that by giving a little away, I think by, by being generous, I mean, I talked about our values, right? I mean, we're generous. We are, you know, we're creative. We're thoughtful about what our customers need. And I can tell you based on the way our business has grown, I can tell you based on the way that other companies we work with and how they've grown, it's that, that act of being generous, that act of servant leadership with your prospects, of being a trusted advisor. You know, clearly you're, in here, you're here to sell me something. Clearly everyone that's listening to your show, like, I'd love to sell them something. But my job right now is not to sell. My job right now is to create trust. My job is to be generous. My job is to share anything I have available to me with anyone listening, and that's how I generate interest from people. Well, and it's really silly, isn't it, Matt, to think that you could put everything you know in a book and, and answer every question and show the implementation and deal with every variable and every variant. I mean, clearly, the things that you do give away, while valuable, certainly don't fill in all the blanks. I mean, it'd be like me trying to build a house with a set of house plans. It really doesn't fill in a whole lot of the pieces and parts between today and a finished house. Uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, and I think, you know, I mean, look at, you know, some of the books that I've written. I wrote a book called Successful Social Selling. Uh, it's, what, about four years old now? Uh, I can guarantee you that's not as relevant the content in there that it is as it used to be. Right, so right. It's like, A, I'm thinking about that. B, hopefully there were good ideas in there. And C, it's like, well, since that's a three or four year old book, he's probably kept up to date. Maybe I should call him and find out what he would have written, a bit, written in it now, right? And so there's that, you know, especially in sales and marketing, what works is changing so rapidly. What works in your industry with your customers is so unique that I think, you know, seeing what someone thinks in a generic situation or a different situation, it just becomes attractive. It makes people want to call and learn more. Well, let's drop down into some tactical ideas. I always like to try to give the listeners something very definitive that they can use on a day-to-day basis. Let's talk about small business. I know you've dealt with hundreds of small businesses. In your experience recently, tick off two or three of the biggest mistakes that small businesses make when they're trying to use marketing and all of the social and digital tools that are available to them today. I think not measuring and not measuring the right things. You know, I think I see a lot of small businesses that make the mistake of assuming that, you know, because they do some advertising that it's going to drive sales. They make the mistake that because they're good at something, it's going to naturally drive sales. I mean, there's plenty of examples of businesses that, you know, do great work and that you sort of become by referral only. But I guarantee you those by referral only companies are still working really hard to manage the opportunities they have. They're working really hard to keep the business they have and grow the business they have. So, you know, I think... I think, you know, taking a step back from that, I'd say, you know, the biggest challenge most companies have is they don't realize that their number one job is sales. Right. You know, your biggest job, your biggest responsibility is to keep your pipeline active, um, no matter what you do, um, no matter what business you're in, no matter what size business you're in. Your job is to continue to convince people to give you money <laughs> for whatever you do. Um, and, you know, you, you know, some companies, you know, it's exciting to work with companies that haven't had to put that kind of focus on their business as they organically grow. But you get to a certain point where if you want to continue to grow, you have to be proactive at managing that scale. And it doesn't mean you're giving up and you're now convincing people to buy that don't want to buy. It simply means you're helping people discover that problem. You're helping people discover the opportunity. 
you know, versus just waiting for the phone to ring. Hey, where is the where's the education process going wrong in the in the marketing side? Because clearly there are still people uh, that I run into that really measure their success by uh, the number of posts they put up or the number of tweets they have or how many how much time they spend on LinkedIn. Those kinds of things clearly that don't relate to business results. Is is there are we missing something in the transition? Is is the, did somebody miss a, the memo or exactly what's going on there? Well, I mean, I, I think. I think um, we, we, we tend to measure what we have in front of us. I mean, measuring impact on sales is actually quite difficult, right? I mean, it, you know, even sure. in organizations that have Salesforce and have a marketing automation system, you know, marketing is complex. The more complex your product you're selling, the less likely it is that, you know, last Tuesday's white paper download actually got the six-figure sale, right? I mean, that's just not, that doesn't even pass the sniff test. So, so measuring that all the way through is difficult, and I think too often what marketers do is we revert back to just measuring what we can see. We can see web traffic. We can see social followers. We can see who opened and clicked on our email. And while those might be nice leading indicators, if those don't lead to revenue, if you don't have a sense for where that's going, then you have a problem. I mean, it doesn't mean that, that, edu- that educational, those educational stages aren't valuable. It just means you need to be able to, to draw a line between what you're doing to educate prospects and what messages, what angles are accelerating the velocity of their urgency and need to make a change, right? This isn't right. about getting people to buy. This is getting people to make a change. And that content has to drive that urgency, has to drive that action. Um, this is not easy to solve. I'm not going to pretend that there's a tool out there that can magically do all this. Right. But I think simply knowing that you need to establish causality between these things will force you to identify places in your business and in your reporting that you can rely on to help you make better decisions about what to do moving forward. Now, that's great stuff. Well, just a couple of minutes before our next time out, Matt. And let me finish this. So we've talked about marketing being more in tune to sales, but clearly there's the opposite side of the coin where salespeople need to be more attuned to attraction and, and some of the tools of marketing. If you were going to have some tips for salespeople to become more effective in that realm, what, what would you say to salespeople to get them to, to coalesce with marketing a little more effectively? Well, I'd, I'd say the, the common point on that is the customer, right? And so I think, you know, I look at a lot of sales training, and the sales training has to do with, you know, the business, your business, your product and services, and your processes. There isn't nearly enough training on who the customer is. So, for instance, like at a very tactical level, do you know their language? Do you know their acronyms? Do you know the events that they follow? Do you know what their calendar looks like? I mean, depending on the industry, there might be a big industry conference that's every November that everyone talks about. Like, do you even know that's going on? Do you know what people refer to it as? Um, so, like, for instance, in residential real estate, there's, a, you know, the National Association of Realtors. There's a lot of people that see the NAR conference. They call it the NAR conference. Well, in, in real estate, everyone calls it NAR. They spell out the letters. Why they do that, I don't know. But if you call it NAR, if you say, hey, you're going to the NAR conference, you immediately identify yourself as an outsider. You immediately identify yourself as someone that doesn't know and doesn't take in the time to understand their industry. Wow. Um, so I think those little things can make a huge, huge difference. And the better you understand the customer and their environment, the more, that, the more you accelerate that trust and credibility building with them. Wow, that's pretty incredible stuff. Great, great advice on the end. Hope you took note of that. Hey, Matt Hines of Hines Marketing. Again, go find him online, HinesMarketing.com. You're going to want to follow him at Hines Marketing and uh, pick up these books. As he mentioned, 
absolutely free. I've been on his website and they have got so much in terms of resource, so many valuable tools, including the Modern Marketing Field Guide, Successful Social Selling, easy for me to say, several other tools like that. Make sure you go find Matt, get some of those tools and get acquainted with what they're doing. Well, Matt, it has been a pleasure, man. I can't thank you enough. Thanks for joining us here on BizLogger Radio. Oh, thanks very much. Anytime. It's been fun. Super deal. That's going to do it for this segment. We're going to come back after the break. And, of course, Miles Austin will join us. We'll give him a hard time, but we'll talk X's and O's, and we're going to talk about full contact card reader. You're going to want to stick around. This is a great tool. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is BizLocker Radio on Voice America. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, how about that? Welcome back, Biz Locker Radio. Matt Hines in the house. Man, that was just some kind of fantastic. And uh, I, I really feel like we didn't even touch the surface of, of all of the things that he has to offer. I mean, he's just a fantastic guest. Make sure you go find Matt Hines at HinesMarketing.com. It is, uh, I mean, that website's just full of materials and things that you can find useful. And he tweets out the good stuff as well. Well, we turn our attention to uh, my friend, my buddy up in uh, Seattle, which, by the way, is where Matt was from, Seattle, Washington. Miles Austin joins us. We talk about uh, the X's and O's. We get out a chalkboard and we write up some, draw up some good plays for you to use uh, throughout the week. Miles, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, buddy. I enjoyed uh, Matt. He's a, a local guy, obviously, here in Seattle, and uh, just a sharp guy. I love his energy. Yeah, you've known him for a while, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, oh, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't admit it in public that often, but, you know, I try to. Well, I, I don't either, but I wouldn't say that to you. 
Uh, well, it's interesting. You and I were having a discussion at the break as we were waiting to come back uh, from the commercial break, and we were talking about a tool that we have discussed on this show before, Heat Map Magic, and that's a tool that you have used that allows people to see that allows you to see where people are going on your website. It's one of the coolest tools I've ever seen. And you you said that you've done something because of that. Tell the audience a little bit about that. Yeah, real quickly, Kelly, what I did, and I, we'll see if it works or not. But what happens was there's this concept, and, and I've been watching Heat Map. I've had it installed for almost a year. And one of the trends that I see over and over consistently over that whole year is a, a visitor to my website always starts in the upper left-hand corner, scans to the right across the top, across the header, like most sites have, and then they go back to the left and they start scanning down. And after a while, you know, I'm a little slow, but after a while I started realizing, I went and looked at my blogs. If you're at fillthefunnel.com, you click on the blog tag, all of my, what we call widgets, all of my sign-up, my classes, all the different things that I offer, and a little bit about me as a background, is all on the right-hand side. Well, if I want people to take action and do something and engage with me, the worst place I should have it is on the right-hand side. That's my thinking. That's what the visitors are showing me through their activity using Heat Map Magic. So what I just did about an hour ago, I have a new post up about the tool we're going to talk about today. So I flipped it. I put all of my widgets, all of my promotional things on the left-hand side of my blog and my blog post is on the right side. So I'm going to give it about two weeks. I'm going to track it very detailed, and I'll let you know what we find after two weeks. Uh, good stuff. Well, interesting to see how you apply some of these tools that we've talked about in the past. Well, we're going to talk today about something that's that's almost low-tech in, in some ways, although it is one of the real time savers uh, that, that we'll ever run into, and it's called Full Contact Card Reader. Tell me about the product. Well, Kelly, you know what, I, and I believe it or not, there's people that say, oh, uh, business cards are outdated, I don't ever use them anymore. Well, I think most of us in business do. For one reason or another, we always have a stack. And I, I'm one of those people, I always have good intentions, I, whether I go to a trade show or a, a lunch meeting or I'm speaking somewhere and I get people handing me cards, I usually just put them in a stack inside my little notebook with very good intentions to eventually get those and enter them in to my CRM tool, into my contact database, et cetera, et cetera, right? I have great intentions, but the fact is they I usually go back to my office when I get back. I put them on a nice, neat stack on my desk, and then, you know, life happens. And I get a couple papers over it. I got a book on top of it. I put my notebook case on top of it. And two months later, I look and I see a little card peeking out from underneath that stack of stuff on my desk. And I realize there's four or five of those cute little stacks, nicely organized, but I've never done anything with them. And I think we all struggle with that in some form, some way over the years. And so what I found was a tool. I've tried a bunch of these different tools, but this tool today is called Full Contact Card Reader. And Full Contact is a company that has several other apps as well, but Full Contact Card Reader is an app that you install on your phone that you literally, you'll take a picture, it goes, it scans it, you decide where I want to connect it to. Do I want to connect it to my, in my case, an iPhone, into my contacts? Do I want to um, connect it to my CRM application at Salesforce or Nimble? Do I want to add it to my Gmail or my Google contacts, etc., etc.? Uh, then I'll add a little tag, maybe to say what the event was or what the venue was, etc. Maybe even a date. 
which just helps me find and reference this person in the future. And then there's even a section that you could add right from your phone if there's any notes that you want to have. You want to make a note that, uh, you know, I was introduced to this individual by Matt Hines and Kelly Riggs or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. A couple minutes later, that's all done. It's all automated. But the power of this, what really intrigued me at first, was they've got 200 and, I don't know, something apps, 200, 250 apps or more that it integrates with. So again, the point here was scan it as soon as I get it on the trade show floor, right after lunch in my car, whatever it might be, and it'll go do its work, scan it, get it all you know, into digital format, and push it wherever I want it to be pushed that I've connected to my card reader account. Now, let me ask you, Miles, uh, is, this, is this strictly something that you use with your phone or is it a, can you do something with your desktop as well? Or do you update it on your phone and then you just see it in your Gmail or whatever on your desktop? No, that's the magic is that because this integrates with all these other tools. So let's just use, for example, that, that I'm a Salesforce.com user. Right. I use the, the phone and the app just to capture the information. It takes it, it digitizes it, and it sends it. In the, let's say it's, if it's not already in my Salesforce account, it'll create a new customer contact or a new contact for me in Salesforce or in Nimble or in my HubSpot account or in MailChimp for that matter or contactually, right? So out of all these hundreds of accounts you have, it will send that data and populate it in those. So no, once you scanned it, there's no reason you'll ever need that app to interact with that person again. That's interesting. So talk to me about pricing on this. Is it a free app or how does it work? It's free. The link, if you go to fillthefunnel.com today and look at the blog, there's a link on the bottom either to the App Store uh, or for the Google Store. Um, So it works on Android or or the iPhone and iPad. Uh, Go grab it. As I said, the neat thing is these guys have a lot of other tools, and we'll talk about some of the other apps maybe in future shows. But this one really caught my eye because I always struggle, as I said. I'm one of those guys that, you know, I I suffer because of good good, uh, uh, intentions, right? I always am going to get to it, and I realize I usually don't. And no comments from you. Well, it's really hard for me to pile on since I have the same problem. In fact, I'm sitting at my desk in my studio and I look down and there's one, two, three. There's four stacks of business cards right here. So I've got exactly the same problem. So I go find the app. In my case, I've got an iPhone. I download the app for free. I scan this stuff in. And then is there, uh, how how do I do, how does that integration work? Do I just put some settings on my phone or how how do I make everything work together? Absolutely. You just need to pick. And so one of the tools we've talked about previously is an app called Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com. And that's one of those apps that lets you connect multiple um, tools and apps together. So if it's not one of them that's automatically available to you that you you have an account for, then you'll just click a button uh, and, and go make the automation happen. And so you'll actually decide on your desktop or your laptop in Zapier, and, and actually there's another one, IFTTT would do similar things. Sure. Um, but yeah, so you can, you can set up. The truth is there's even more of the apps than they even mentioned and that we've even talked about. I just kind of use some of them to highlight to give you some examples. But, I mean, think about it. For a lot of people, Matt talked about email and building your list and things. Uh, how amazing would it be to take that card, scan it, automatically send it over to MailChimp, and then and have them now entered into a sequence that says, hey, thank you for subscribing, you know, and, and you start the relationship and the dialogue if that's what you want to do with that contact. 
Sure. So uh, in, in terms of using it, like if I'm sending it to one of their already connected uh, software packages, I don't do Zapier or IFTTT at all. It just automatically happens. Or I can ask it to, to do it that way, correct? Yeah, but you, you're you going to need Zapier anyway because it depends what you want. I'll use an example. Let's say I scan a card and I just met you at a at an event over the weekend. I scan it and now I say, okay, I've got it in my, so I can send it. It'll, it'll store it within full contact, right? But okay. That's great, but that doesn't do a lot for me. What I want to do is make sure I remember to send you an invitation in LinkedIn. Ah, I can scan your card, have an invite, go out to find this person on LinkedIn, send them an invite. Those are the kind of integrations that start to make sense. So those are the things you might have to spend a few minutes in clicking around within a Zapier to say, okay, I want it to connect, and here's what I want it to do within Nimble or uh, LinkedIn or whatever, HubSpot, whatever it might be. Right. Well, it's, it, I begin to see where some of these tools begin to interconnect because I think one of the struggles that people have is I'll hear that they'll, they'll talk to me and they'll say, hey, I heard about the new tool. For instance, you talked about Zapier. I remember when that one came out, everybody said, you know, that just sounds so fantastic. Exactly how would I go about using that? And I say, well, you know, I, I could give them a couple of ideals. Well, now here's something that's very tangible. Business card, scan it using full can- contact card reader, use Zapier to say, hey, send this over to Nimble and populate these fields. Oh, and by the way, send them an invitation to connect with me on LinkedIn. That's how some of these tools begin to connect. Now now I'm getting the bigger picture, Miles. I'm starting to make a little bit of sense. Well, it makes sense. And, you know, I, I wrote in the blog that I said, you know, that what, what I liked, one of the things as well that it really caught my eye and my attention with Full Contact Card Reader is that it's one of these new generation of web tools that they understand, that they get it, that their best functionality is going to happen if they are able to interact with other tools that you're already using, right? Rather than trying to get you to dump everything else, all of your CRM and contact management, and just go use their tool, they said, no, no, no. We're going to provide core functionality. You give us the ability, you download this and let us work with you and develop a relationship so you'll see how cool we are. And by the way, you can connect what we do to anything else that you're already using, and that's what makes it really powerful. And you're going to see more and more and more of that uh, in the months ahead. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, listen, if you're listening in, I can guarantee you, if anybody would want to get rid of business cards, it would be me because I have them in stacks that I have to go through every once in a while. Everyone, when they meet on a person-to-person basis, which happens at associations and networking events and trade shows, you're going to get a business card. Now, all you have to do is download an absolutely free app, and it is called, again, Full Contact Card Reader. Now, you just scan that. You've got it saved, and you can go in later on your desktop, use something like Zapier or IFTTT, and connect it to some things. And the the number of tools that you can connect to are amazing, including, by the way, a simple spreadsheet or Evernote or something like MailChimp or AWeber. You can put it in your CRM package. You can put it in Gmail. Now, suddenly, it's okay to collect those business cards, and you're not going to spend all of your time hand-entering those things like I used to do. Wow, it was awful. And then finally decided to let somebody else do it. But now I can do it in real time. That's a great tool, Miles. Good stuff. Well, thanks. And yeah, I agree with you. But I think the challenge is for a lot of us, again, even if you eventually get to that stack of all those cards in your desk, Kelly, it might be a week or a month or six months later. You've missed the freshness of that contact. By using this tool, it can happen that right now I meet 
this afternoon, you're getting information and we're connecting in other ways. That's the beauty of this. It's instant and it's right now. Yeah, what's worst case scenario? How long to download that app, download Zapier, connect it to your MailChimp or your AWeb or whatever? What do you think? I'm absolute novice. 30 minutes, an hour? Oh, geez. Uh, it's less than 30 minutes. Easily. Less than 30 minutes, and, yep. you're, and you're done, right? You're absolutely finished. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks so much, Miles. That's great stuff from Miles Austin. You can always find him. And by the way, he's got a great blog post out on this topic today at fillthefunnel.com. Follow him on Twitter at Miles Austin. Hey, and tell somebody else you know about the show because this is where you come, the business locker room, to get better at what you're doing on a daily basis, to get better in sales, strategy, social media, leadership, you name it, you're going to get better here. Miles, thanks for your time, brother. Appreciate it. I enjoyed it, buddy, as usual. And many thanks to Matt Hines for joining us in the first two segments of Hines Marketing, HinesMarketing.com, and you're going to want to go find him as well. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. By the way, next week, Jeb Blunt of Sales Gravy. If you're in sales, you do not want to miss this show. I mean, I've had some world-class, top-tier, high-performance sales guys on this show. Jeb Blunt is in that niche. I mean, he is that kind of guy. So if you want to be better in selling, I'm going to encourage you to join us. Hey, special thanks to our engineer, Michael Sergit, always doing a great job on the other side of the glass. Thanks to our executive producer, Brandy Jackson, and to Voice America for the platform. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. I'm Kelly Riggs, and we'll see you right here on Biz Locker Radio. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of The Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.